0: What's the cost of being the good one? The one that is following the correct path? The one that gets the nod of approval from family and friends? What is the payoff for being the great follower of rules bestowed by your family, by culture, by the norms of the society? In today's episode, we will be talking about the curse of the good child. Are Filipinos truly bilingual? We use the same language at home but speak in love languages foreign to each other, together but separated. Kamusta, I'm Rowan, licensed psychotherapist, mom, immigrant twice, first generation Pinay, raising my mixed Filipino American children in America. I found that after visiting 500 Filipino homes, I continue to be a student of the culture. In this podcast, we would be seatmates in this beautiful cultural classroom. And by the way, did I tell you I need my Kaping Barako straight from Batangas before each class? If you're interested in learning the deep intricacies of the Filipino culture, especially as it merged with American culture, talks about trauma-informed care and deepening your Filipino relationships across generations, which includes my fave topic, Pinoy Love Languages, you're in the right place. Hi everyone, welcome to another podcast episode, thanks for being here wherever you are whatever you're doing now let's go straight to the point you know there is research that exposure to parenting practices of your own set of parents how they parented you can lead to your own style of parenting there's research on intergenerational transmission meaning you know what practices models that you saw can possibly pass down now that is not a guarantee of course but when we are parenting on autopilot where we're just parenting by reflex by following what was what we observe from our parents i call the autopilot parenting you are likely to parent like your own parent and that's from research now uh, talking about psychologically controlling parents, these are parents who may use shame, guilt induction, personal attack, and love withdrawals. Now, no parent is perfect. I'm a parent myself. And perhaps I've shamed my kids at some point. Let's say they were about to uh, run in the middle of the street and you scream at them. Of course, that can cause some shame in the body, but I think that's functional shame. So I'm talking about more pervasive, having the experience many times and there is no possible reason for you as a child to think of like, wow, I couldn't understand or I could understand why my mom had to scream because I ran across the street. How does this manifest, right? For an adult child, if you were talking to your parent, the parent is giving advice. If they suddenly became really angry later on because you didn't absorb their advice, they become upset. Or if for younger kids, you hear parents may often say, if you don't do this, mommy will be sad. Now, It's very different if a child perhaps did something and the parent said, oh, you know, when you did that, that made mommy sad. I think the order is very different because the other one, there is no expectation or much expectation for the child. Rather, the child had did a mistake and the parent is simply expressing. It's the output. But the other one, there is a conditioning. If you do this, mommy will be sad so it's prior to even exploring for the child this can also manifest with silent treatment you might be familiar right like you don't even know what happened and then dad doesn't want to talk to you or when he talks to you it's very short uh, responses psychologically controlling parents were likely parented by one or they despised the way they were treated as a child and they vowed never to be that same parent again now the problem arises is when you become sold to another type of parenting under the spell of fear this can often happen if you had like very strict parents and you're thinking in your head i will never be that type of parent so the swing, like the swing of the pendulum becomes in the extreme. So now the parent becomes permissive, right? So in many ways, to run your parenting with the gas of fear can be a driving force to rigid and a controlling parenting style. So because you're, you're avoiding uh, a particular parenting style, there's fear there. And when you do that, you once again are you're recreating that same cycle. It looks different because you're permissive, but it's coming from the same root, if you will. Anything that comes from uh, fear, even though it appears to be the extreme. Extreme love, the person could not do any wrong or hating, actually comes from the same archetype. There is idealizing. Let's say, talk about the father, the model, the archetype, how you see a father should be. If your father could not do anything wrong, or you hate your father, for instance, of course, I'm using extremes here. You're in a place where you are idealizing the model of a father. It is when we're able to relate, meaning we make that person human, that we could reconcile both their goodness and their not. So good parts. But of course, I digress. Let me return back. So talking about parenting from fear, the expectation of parenting is vouch on your child becoming buried with unrealistic and rigid standards. And again, at times, the opposite is true. The standard is to have no standard, as I mentioned, being a permissive parenting parent or a parent with poor boundaries, which is, again, it's almost like the same gas of fear with different colored vehicle. Now, what happens to the good child, you know? And so let me define that. The good child is the one who gets a lot of praises. Be like that child, the model child. Now, the creation of a false sense of self becomes the very trap that keeps the good child striving for that good old feeling, good old feeling, right, of approval. So if you told someone, if, uh, let's say, Lisa Oh, anyone on Lisa here that's listening, if you told Lisa, for example, oh, you're so good, you're the best, right? Of course, Lisa is human and is a child. You know, that feeling is very pleasant. I mean, you could just read your mom's eye, the way it twinkles, and you remember that in your body, and you want to keep doing that. So in the beginning, the child is conditioned to perform to be placed on a pedestal higher than the rest, right? That's the model child. If you have siblings, be like your ate. And she becomes the epitome of the projection of her parents, enamored by their attention. And she, or at least she gets the least punishment in the household. Now, you can imagine how this child becomes particularly sensitive to her parents' change in facial Feature like a slight look of disappointment, a grimace, what does that mean? She's always trying to figure that out. You know, she has been made to please rather than to learn also to please herself. One of the curse of the good child is the loss of connection with her own emotional states, her own emotional temperature. So because she becomes more attuned to her parents' emotional states more than her own, The good child may become easily dysregulated. So that might be a clinical term for you. But dysregulated, like you're just not calm with external sources of stress. As being good becomes her false sense of self. It's like the way you know yourself is just being, you know. Maintaining this goodness, even in adulthood, can be really draining. In many ways, it makes sense for a good child. To keep reaching high for, you know, imagine she's been noticed only from that vantage point. So if you imagine someone on top of the ladder, right? Any height lower will be tragic and would be a threat to his or her goodness. In the meantime, everyone else gets a stiff neck, you know? Like if you are the sibling and I think it's all the praises, it's like you get a stiff neck, right? Because she's always on the pedestal you know which is a illusionary pedestal uh especially those who need to be less so that he or she could be more usually that's experienced by the the sibling of the quote-unquote good child or the favorite in the family. So we'll talk more about jealousy, which is one avenue that occurs or sibling rivalry when there is this good child in the family. So we'll talk more about that in a different episode. So, But depending on the birth order of the good child, how this manifests in later in life, the good child could be the advisor, the caretaker, the savior of the family. She could also be the one seen as the calm one so the curse of the good child is that her parents have piled layers of clothing on her and these clothing have kept her superficially beautiful and warm with attention for any attention is good enough for a child you know so many take on their self-criticism as part of their personhood and therefore they prefer to keep it to maintain the illusion of goodness they may not be happy, but at least they're good in their own minds. And this is the very curse of the good child. You are, truthfully, neither good or bad. So let's take a quick break. And when we return, uh, we'll talk more about how to begin to feel uh, good enough. So stick around. jean ka This episode is brought to you by Story Therapy. This is therapy and coaching blended together that hugs neuroscience, creativity, and honoring the wisdom of your body to heal. It's a three-month framework that includes 10 one-on-one sessions with me. To check out if we're a good fit, see the link in the show notes for a complimentary consult. So welcome back. If you've been listening to the podcast I'd really appreciate if, if you're finding the content helpful to you, to share it with your family and with your friends. And also, don't forget to leave a review. I'm looking forward to uh, reading your review. So thank you in advance. So let's get back. How to feel good, just good enough, right? It's easy to see that the label child can go on labeling others so this is often the case you know a child that's been labeled good that child of course not always when we're talking about human behavior and if you ever heard someone say always or all people of course that's not true even if we study human behavior the truth is we can only study it enough you know the magic of it is that we're all still very different now when a child has been labeled, that child also becomes an expert in labeling others as good or bad. Now, the body keeps tabs on safety, right? And do I belong? Is this a circle for me or, or not? And we all want to belong, right? We all want to feel uh, safe. By the way, um, my recommendations here are simply recommendations do not serve as therapy, And I uh, encourage you to seek out the professional if you need more support. Now, being good is focused on the destination. Getting there is very important. Rather than being here in the moment, what is there? Rather than how to get there is the familiar path. In reality, there is no there just now. So if you're listening that moment, this moment as you're listening to me. So I just said the word me. That's actually history, right? The moment that you have is just now. See, I just said the word now. That also is no longer here. It's just a memory. Let me mention that this topic is also a blog post. And usually there's more information in the blog post. There's also a in-the-moment meditation that you can access for free. So check out the blog post version and everything, all the links will be in the show notes. Let's continue. The power of being in the now cannot be understated. Now, this takes practice. Many times, this is what I do in my practice as a therapist, is to bring the body, the mind, in the same place, Because when we're anxious, we're thinking about the future. When we're depressed, we are thinking about the past, what should have been done, what could have been done. And yet we forget to be in the now, you know. So it's almost like an appointment that we keep missing. We're always like thinking about the past appointment and the future appointment. But the appointment that you truly have is in the now, constantly missing that appointment. Now, one of the things that you can try is to begin to journal, right? And to see details and be more clear in what's happening in the present. So for example, I'm enjoying my coffee while laughing and socializing with my friends. If you're in the shower, telling yourself, I'm taking a shower, the water feels, the water feels warm in my back, If you're eating, I'm eating nutritious foods. And I cannot wait to make every cells in my body come alive. So you almost become an author. And you're speaking. So everything becomes intentional. And what this prompts is slowness. Okay, Slow is fast, actually, when it comes to healing. So practice that. As if you're telling a child how your day went but you're doing it in the present. Now, another thing that you can do is to make old beliefs a thing of the past by writing as if really they're in the past tense. I used to be anxious, for example, talking in front of a lot of people. I used to shake when I hear my mother scream out my name. These are examples. Now I feel alert and calm okay so creating an experience for the body where even though you still feel anxious now you're putting that in the past see how that works for your body see what changes in you just final thoughts again don't forget there's a consult link if you're interested in story therapy it's a 30 minute consult but only really for those that are interested uh, it's really a time for me to see for a good fit or not that too is okay you know final thoughts when parents rear their children out of fear not to be like the parent that they despise they become like them the over focus on labeling children as good or bad creates With children, they distrust their own emotions, their own body, the language of their bodies. Instead, they rely on external output of rewards. Is this good or bad? They're always comparing who's the best. Did I make mommy happy or mad? The good child is showered with seemingly positive external reward for her parents' attention. Every attention of this kind is a layer of clothing that distracts the good child from her true sense of self the next moment is always an opportunity to unlayer because again as i as i mentioned you are neither good or bad but just is you came into this world you know you have the divine right to know that you have everything that you need and more so I am going to end there. Thank you so much for listening to my voice. If you have any suggestions, topics, go ahead and email the pinay therapist at info at calamansijuice.com Saying goodbye for now at sa ulitin. Bye!